to step into her glorious destiny and God is empowering the people to spearhead that agenda. Be blessed as the mandate here cast on different degrees stirs your heart. People come to ask you, what is your secret? Is it when everything is shaking, that we cannot be shaking or remain? I want to see the kingdom. There is a movement called the kingdom movement. We've been on a journey that we're going to complete this evening. Some other time we'll start off again from where we stopped. I can assure you, if the illumination of the things we are sharing takes hold of your heart, there is no way an upgraded version of you will not manifest in 2024. The Bible said the path of a righteous shines brighter and brighter and brighter. We are talking about the glorified life of Christ. The glorified life of Christ. And we said five major principles or points are locked up in this glorified life. And we said the first one is uh, first be cut in from the dead. First born from the dead. That glorified life is the first born from the dead. We said the second is the new creation. And we took time to pay attention to the new creation. So we're going to get into the third because there are five we want to look at. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 9. Remember this glorified Jesus Christ is the man Jesus. I don't want you to forget it. Everything that he obtained in his glorified life is for man. He didn't step out from the tomb and became someone that man cannot identify with. God is in the class of his own. And so we cannot be God and we are not part of the Trinity. We can't even become the fourth in the Trinity or whatever. So he rose as a man. He rose as a man. So the glorified life of Jesus Christ is so that man can identify with that life man and that is why throughout the epistles they always took time to always let you know the man jesus is in heaven they kept making that emphasis the man jesus because once we begin to talk about the god jesus we will separate ourselves again from what he has obtained and now put him in a class of his own like god i don't know if you are getting it the only reason why jesus christ came on earth and went through the process is to bring man into glorification. Is to bring man into glorification. And so if he rose from the dead as God and ascended back to sit on the throne as God, we can be identified in him. Remember the whole principle by one man sin came and by that one man death ruled. We need another man by which we will identify with and rule. And that's the whole principle of the person of Christ. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Is he God? Yes. Now this he, now this he ascended. What does it mean? But that he also first did what? 
descended into the lower parts of the earth. Who descended to the lower parts of the earth? Jesus. So he's the one also that ascended. Look at verse 10. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. It's by him God reconciled all things in heaven and the earth. He descended and he also ascended. Let me show you on that one. Thank you, Father. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. First Timothy 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man. Have you seen how they made that emphasis again? The man, Christ Jesus. The man, Christ Jesus, verse 6. Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. One more scripture. Acts 2, verse 32. This glorified man obtained five ministries for man. That's the third point of his glorified life. When he was glorified, he obtained five offices, five ministries for man. Acts 2. Please project it. Verse 32. And if you don't understand this, you will not be able to receive that ministry. And you are not going to have the best of the life he obtained for you. This Jesus, God has done what? Raised up from the dead. Of which we are all what? Witnesses. Verse 33. Therefore being exalted. This is glorified life. Being exalted to the right hand of God. Having received from the father the promise of the Holy Spirit. He poured out this which you now see and hear. Verse 34. I taught you on Sunday nobody ascended before him. Now this place says it again. For David did not ascend into the heavens. Nobody ascended before him. He is the firstborn from the dead. If anybody was able to ascend, then the blood of bulls and goats and lamb could have been able to redeem us from the dominion of death and take us up. David did not ascend into the heavens. And I told you where all of them were. The Christ came out first and took all of them up. So then I is empty. That is why Paul started making a statement and said, I wish I'm out of this body so I can be with him. Absent in this body is present with the Lord. So from this point you can go there. But before Christ rose, nobody ascended. And I told you the two men that ascended, because he's appointed unto men who wants to do what? Die after that judgment. Those two men are going to come back in Revelation. Bible said there will be two witnesses. And if they are angels, they can't be killed. And they bore witness. When they completed the witness, they were killed. And everybody looked at them dead. Angels can be killed. For David did not ascend into the heavens. But he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies. And you can even also talk about when, you know, the sorcerer wanted to bring up Samuel to say something. Bible did not say he brought a spirit that is not Samuel. Where did Samuel rise from? When the sorcerer was consulting Samuel for Saul, where did he rise from? 
Bible, the Bible says, as descended. What the Bible say? And it was, it was somewhere spirit they called up. Till I make your enemies your footstool. Verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel. Now, he mentions two offices. He came in here. But we're going to see the five offices. It is his glorified life that gave him those offices. And those offices are for you. Therefore, let the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both what? Lord and what? Christ. So we're going to look at five dimensions of office he came into when he was glorified. When he was on earth, he didn't have that office. It was his glorified life that delivered that ministry. And that ministry is for you and I. And once you identify in him, you have right to receive that ministry. The first is the ministry of the mediator. Mediator between God and man. Let's look at that first Timothy chapter 2, 5 and 6. I'll try to explain what these things are. First Timothy 2, 5 and 6. Please project it. Jesus could not have reconciled anyone back to God until his blood was accepted. And that is why when he came out from the tomb, Mary Magdalene wanted to embrace him. He said, please don't embrace me. I have not ascended. Wait a little. I'm going to take this blood and go up. Once it is accepted, I'm coming back. He became mediator between God and man when he was glorified. First Timothy chapter 2, 5 to 6. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. And he made an emphasis. The man. But this is the glorified Christ. The man, Christ Jesus. Look at verse 6. Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Do you know what this thing means? No matter what anybody has done, nobody can come to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ and be turned back. No matter what your siblings have done, no matter what your parents have done, no matter what anybody on earth has done, we have a mediator who is qualified to reconcile men to God. That ministry did not start when he walked on earth. He couldn't have. Because the requirement was blood of a man. What this thing means, glory, hallelujah, is that everybody can be saved. Everybody. The life of Jesus, the glorified life, everyone can receive that dimension. Why? We have a mediator. The devil cannot be telling you what you did in time past and tell you you can't make it. We have a mediator and the qualification of the reconciliation between God and man is the blood. And that man is qualified to be our mediator. The man Jesus. Number two ministry he received. And I'll show you the importance of this number two. First John chapter two from verse one. 
these are things he obtained after he was glorified. First John chapter 2 verse 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. Remember the new creation has the seed of God in him and should not sin. And then say, if anyone sins, like it's like it's something that should be happening once in a while. If anyone, if anyone, it, it shouldn't be something that is rampant. That's why I said to you the last time, even say there's one sin that should not be mentioned at all. That no matter how much the, the, you, you are tripped off and the law of the flesh wants to take hold of you, he talks to the whole church and says there's one sin that should not even be mentioned once. The sin of immorality. That means he has so much confidence that this one sin, and yet is the sin that is ravishing the church. But he said it shouldn't be mentioned once. It should be that as we have kingdom diplomats five years in Enugu, it shouldn't be mentioned once. Ten years shouldn't be mentioned once. Fifteen years shouldn't be mentioned once. Twenty years shouldn't be mentioned once. Because of the gravity of that sin. So he said, if anyone that means it's something that doesn't just happen. Like he said, if anyone is sick amongst you, sickness should be something that once a while we see is strange to the new creation life. Show that scripture. If anyone sins, we have an advocate. An advocate is different from a mediator. A mediator is one that comes to pacify and reconcile two persons that are, that are having conflicts. Two persons that are having issues. A mediator comes, try to pacify and bring peace. An advocate is one that stands to plead your case before the law court. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Verse 2. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for us only, but also for the whole world. Now, what does this mean? It means that if I sin, if anyone sins, you shouldn't confess that sin before God, bringing the blood of Jesus, and still be wondering if I'm forgiven. That's one side of him being your advocate. Now, the other side of him being your advocate is that you must maintain your conversation in line with what he has said to you to say. In line. If your advocate, before you go to God, go to God, tells you when you go there, say this, say this, say this, and you go and say contrary, you have made a mess of the ministry of your advocate. So we overcame the devil by the words of our testimony and the the spirit of testimony or the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Christ. If I have an advocate, it's not about what I have done or what I have not done. It's not about what I'm experiencing or what I'm not experiencing. I should be able to maintain the word my advocate has put in my mouth unless I'm going to lose the case. Hi. How will I say it that you will understand? Remember, we are in him. Even if you have done something that will ruin you. And now you brought the blood and you are forgiven. 
the advocate now says say i am the righteousness of god in christ and you go about saying something contrary you have rendered your advocate useless your advocate says say i'm rich all things that pertains to life and godliness has been given to me and you go and say contrary now you are pleading your case there's an advocate there but you are saying something contrary so he can't help you once you understand that christ is your advocate anytime you open your mouth what comes out of your mouth is his word his testimony he has put in your mouth unless you are going to lose battles The third ministry obtained. Bible even said this one. If he was on earth, he can never be high priest. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14. High priest. Masa no no satiaka. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. Who has passed through the heavens? Jesus, the Son of God. Let us do what? Hold fast our confession. And I will tell you the principle of a high priest. Hold fast. Now, the outcome of the Jews, season by season, is decided by the prevailing of their high priest in the holiest of holy. Once God accepts their high priest with the sacrifice, then God has accepted the people. So when they fix their eyes on, is on their high priest. Because of time, chapter 8, verse 1. The same Hebrew, chapter 8, verse 1. This is a revelation that must enter into your spirit. There is nothing you offer that you've offered by yourself. You offer in the name of Jesus Christ. Show it, Hebrews 8 verse 1. Now, this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of majesty in the heavens. Verse 2. Verse 2, please. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. Verse 3. For every high priest is done what? Is appointed to offer both what? Gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one also have something to do what? Offer. The first thing he offered was his blood. If you read down now, he brought his blood first of all and offered. The other high priest will come with blood of bulls and goats and animals to offer. If you go down, Bible will show you that the heavenly tabernacle couldn't have received the blood of bulls and goats. So he brought a higher blood. But now beyond his offering his blood... Every other sacrifice you offer rises to the Father through him. If you give your offering not in the name of Jesus Christ, it will not rise. 
it will not be accepted. If you make your worship not in the name of Jesus Christ, it will not be accepted. If you make your prayer not in the name of Jesus Christ, it will not be accepted. It's because he is your high priest. Now, the other side of the revelation is that it gives you confidence that when I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, I have a hearing. When I worship in the name of Jesus Christ, I have a hearing. I don't approach God in worship checking myself. It's in representation in Christ that I worship. Then you see your prayer become prevailing prayer. You see your worship rise up. Even your giving rises. Please find that verse for me before I look at the fault. If he was on earth, he cannot even be a priest, not to talk of a high priest. Find the verse for me. I don't know if it's chapter 8 or chapter 9. These are ministries he obtained having been glorified. Somebody should be fast. Either chapter 8 or chapter 9, I believe. Eight verse four. Eight verse four. Project it. Hebrews eight verse four. For if he were on earth, have you seen when he obtained this ministry? Is when he had ascended. He would not be a priest. Not talk of high priest, since they are priests who offer the gifts. According to the law. But now we have great high priest. That's why I say hold fast to your confession. Don't come back. Let your confidence be up. Because I have a high priest there. I can now approach the father. And I won't be turned back. So I don't know if God is hearing me. The devil comes and strip you. Something happens. I, I, I don't feel God around me. You don't need your feeling. I want to say it again. You don't need your feeling. There are many times I came to church. I wasn't feeling the anointing. But I climbed up and started ministering. The anointing said, because the anointing is within you. You don't need to feel it. You don't need to be feeling if God is near or far. There is no need for feeling. I have a high priest by whom the veil has been lifted. If I have a high priest, I have access to the holies of holies. It's not feeling. It's understanding. I can't make prayer and be wondering, did he hear? He heard. We have a hearing. He heard. So I don't know this thing I said. I don't know if Jesus heard it or if the Father heard it. He heard it. You have a high priest. Imagine you have that revelation. The fourth. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. He was glory. 
identified. Nobody can identify with Jesus Christ and go to hell. I want to say it again. Nobody can identify with Jesus Christ. People turn away from him. Nobody can identify with Jesus Christ. Identify in him and go to hell. I'm telling you the simple truth. I'm telling you the simple truth. Imagine he was just on the cross. Few minutes to go. A criminal said to him. Remember me in paradise. One man that have not done any good at all. And he said to him today. This day I say to you. This day I say to you. So that scripture. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. Therefore he is also able. There is no sin too big. No situation too big to drag you off except you decide to walk away. Hebrews talked about deceitfulness of sin that now hardens your heart to turn away from God. You do something, the devil now tells you God cannot forgive this one. Sometimes you live in guilt. You live in condemnation. You feel it's over. How could I have done this? Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Since he always lives to make intercession for them. Some people will say, ah, I wish Jesus was so close to me to intercede for me the way he interceded for Peter. You know, they didn't intercede for Judas. So I wish he's close. No, you have an intercessor. That is always interceding for you. Always interceding for you. But if you don't have that revelation of him, you think you are the only person pleading. And so he's able to save you completely. Completely. Spirit, soul, and body. Completely. Completely. And now this our intercessor says, I know you hear at me always. He doesn't make any prayer. The father doesn't listen. So I can't bow my knees, start to intercede concerning any matter in my life. And I think I will not prevail. I'm not the only person praying about this matter. I also have my intercessor. So I don't cast away my confidence. I don't cast away my faith. I have an intercessor also who feels my infirmities, feels my weakness. Also interceding for the same matter. That's why we always have the victory. Unless you turn your back from your intercessor. And now start using your mouth and saying, I'm already finished. And nothing can come out again. Then you've messed up everything. Because this intercessor is there. Because my high priest is there. Because my advocate is there. I know I'm coming out. When Job was having his problem, Job said, oh, I wish I just have an umpire that is sitting down there standing for me, but now I don't have any umpire. Job said, that's why all these things are happening. And I don't even, if I just have an umpire, 
Now God has given man an umpire. And you think the devil can harass you and prevail. You think situations when you have an umpire up there. One that can speak for men. He has felt the infirmity of men. Hi, let's find that scripture. It's Hebrews 4. Why he came, Bible said, in the likeness of human beings, is so that he can aid men, not angels. Hebrews 4. It should definitely be Hebrews 4. Unless I'm mistaken. Oh, Jesus. Scriptures are just coming up. There are Bible study persons here. You see, he did not come in the likeness of angels, but in the likeness of men. Because he didn't come to eight angels, but men. Hebrews chapter 2, sorry. Let's read from verse 14. Hebrews 2. That's why he needed to come. Then be exalted to now be our mediator, to now be our advocate, to now be our high priest, to now be our intercessor. Hebrews chapter 2, please project it. From verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Now look at verse 15. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Look at verse 16. For indeed it does not give aid to angels. That's why we needed a man in heaven. If he's, if he's angels, he will not understand us. If he's in the class of God, God has never been man. He may not even understand us fully. We needed a man there. A man that has come down here, gone through everything, felt the infirmities, was tempted, saw the trial, saw the trouble, saw the storm, saw the pain, saw everything. Felt it. God has never been hungry. He said, if I'm hungry, I will not even tell you, but I've never been hungry. But Jesus was hungry. God has never been tired. Jesus was tired. God has never been tempted. He said God cannot be tempted and he doesn't tempt. Jesus was tempted. We needed a man up there. So you can understand this thought principle of the glorified man up there. We needed a man. So when you are approaching the father, there is confidence in you that there is a man there. A man there. A man there. A man. Most times, if God is going to raise you as a very great leader in any field, he will make you pass through a lot of things. I'm telling you, when I learned it, I stopped, I stopped hastening God in my process. I stopped it. There were things I went through when I was pastoring the campus. Sometimes I wonder, God, why can't you just bring me out of this? I didn't know it was not for my sake, but for the sake of all the campus pastors. So there's nothing they say I cannot understand. There's nothing they say I cannot feel it. I know what they are saying. So I can communicate to them better. 
If God is going to make you rise and become a great leader, he's going to first of all make you descend. So you can be of greater aid. So there's nothing they will say that you've not felt before. It's not theory. You've felt it before. You've experienced it before. So that scripture. So you can understand what we are talking about. For indeed it does not give aid to angels. But it does give aid to the seed of what? Abraham. You and I in Christ. Therefore in all things. He had to be made like his brethren. He had to be made like a man. That he might be a merciful and faithful what? High priest when he ascends. Merciful and faithful advocate. Merciful and faithful mediator. Merciful and faithful intercessor. In things pertaining to God. To make propitiation for the sins of the people. Say you did something. You asked God to forgive you. God said this one I can never forgive. That's why you went to her. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. You have an intercessor. The only unpardonable sin is to refuse the Holy Ghost. That's the only. There's no order. There's no sin that is a sin that the blood cannot atone. There's no sin that Jesus will start interceding for and God will say, I can never listen. There's nothing like that. He saves you to the uttermost. why we rejoice that we have a man we rejoice we rejoice we have a man up there not God a man the fifth Acts 2 36 Acts 2 36 imagine you have your brother somewhere your brother is the judge your brother uh -uh. <laughs> Acts 2 36 is the first scripture I read when we started. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know, as sure that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Christ is a, a Greek word, it just means the same thing with the Jewish word Messiah, it means Savior. Savior. Before he ascended, he wasn't anybody's Lord. When they call him Lord, they call him Lord in terms of Master. Master. But when he ascended, he was made Lord and Savior. Let me show you what it means. Then we move to the last two. You can't serve two lords at the same time. That is why when Pharaoh was ruling over Egypt, uh, the Jews in Egypt, God sent Moses and told him to tell Pharaoh, the Lord says to you, let my people go. And he could not understand it. Who is that Lord? Because I'm the Lord that governs. If he is your Lord, Sickness cannot rule over you. Cause can
cannot rule over you. Devils cannot rule over you. Barrenness and fruitfulness cannot rule over you. Cannot. He is your Lord. He is your Lord. He even said, how dare you judge another man's servant? It is before his Lord that he stands or falls. How dare you? Who gave you that right? You are working in First Bank and you come to GTB Bank and tell them, sack this up. When you finish talking, you have no authority to sack the staff unless the master. The devil has no power to put sickness over you. Has no power. These things are things that rule over men. Bible says, by one man, sin reigned by ill death. All those things reigned over man because of the power of death. You've changed lordship. Kai. I tried to explain this thing on Sunday and I will explain it again. The only reason I tell Pastor I come here, she comes. Sit down, she sits. Don't go out. Like yesterday, she wanted to go somewhere. I said, please, just stay. I want us to just stay alone. It's because she is my wife. The day she removes herself from my headship, I cannot have this level of control and influence over her. So someone has a right of ruling over you because you are under his authority. The day you get tired, if you feel that authority is not benefiting you because he's Lord and Savior, then when you lift yourself off, so he is Lord over you. That is why sickness cannot be coming to lord it over you when he is there. Death cannot be coming to lord it over you when he is there. But that lordship, that's why the other side of it means that you are submissive. Ephesians 4 said, he is the head of the church. Lordship is not that anything I want I take. Lordship is that as it tells you, you do. Then he's the savior. He cherishes you, nourishes you, so that a glorious body can come out. Yeah, yeah, do you get it? So people go to hell because they remove their hair, their self from his lordship. So that day in Matthew chapter 7, he said many people come and say, Lord, Lord, did I not in your name? He said, but I don't know you. If you read down, he said, if I'm your Lord, then keep my commandment. Say he's the savior of my life. Say again, he's the savior of my life. Say no fire can consume me. Say no river can overflow me. Overflow me. I'm one that will have victory everywhere I go. He is my Lord and my savior. They are lifesavers. He is my lifesaver. He does all these things as a man. As a man. So there's nothing you tell him he doesn't understand. Stop being scared of talking to him. Stop feeling somehow to go and talk to him. Imagine me as a pastor before I move to the fort. 
I can say anything from here. You do this, you, you, you are already dead. The devil has already... When you, I finish saying all that, is to, you know, Bible said, the shepherd wants to keep the sheep from the wolf so that when you are collecting back the, the sheep, it will not be that he has lost one ear or one leg. But when the person doesn't listen and the wolf has turned one ear and one leg and you drag him back, you now start thinking of treating him. You can't leave him. That means there is nothing anybody will do. And now come to me and say, your own has done what? Finished. Why? My work as a priest is to help the person to be recovered. But I will say, beware, beware, beware. This one, you can step into it, you will never come out. But when you finish stepping into it, you will not start discussing, how will you come out? You have a man there that is standing, well able to be your advocate, well able to be your mediator, well able to be your high priest, your intercessor, and your Lord and your Savior. So that's why I can make Buddha say, okay, devil, come and do nightmare this night. Come and try. You are not in my realm. But you can do all those things when I was in your realm. No more now. You are not my Lord. You can't just sit down in your room and plan what will happen to me and execute it. I'm not in your realm. That's what gives you that confidence because of your revelation is your Lord. I'm not in your realm. The only problem is when you are not submitting to the Lord. So he said, all that you gave to me, I have kept. Except that one that has been rebelling over my office. The devil has eaten that one up. But the rest... Say again, I have a man in heaven speaking for me who understands my frame, who understands my state. I have a man. The fourth revelation and principle of the glorified Christ is the ruling son that will judge the earth. Ruling son that will judge the earth. John chapter 5, 22 to 24. Ruling son that will judge the earth. Please project it. Let's complete this. Like I said, books are coming in tomorrow. I want you to pick some of these books. Let's stay on some of these things I'm sharing with you. For the father judges no one. But has committed all judgment to the son. That all should honor the son. Just as they honor the father. He who does not honor the son. Does not honor the father who has done what? Sent him. Look at verse 24. Most assuredly I say to you. He who hears my word and believes in me. Who sent me as a what? everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death to life revelation 19 11 to 16 jesus that is glorified will return to judge this earth that man jesus christ the devil said, bow to me and I will give you the kingdoms of the earth. The devil was trying to trick him. 
Now, after he completed everything and was raised from the dead, the kingdom was conferred to him. George the earth. Revelation 19, 11 to 16. Now I saw heavens opened and behold a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. Verse 12. His eyes were like a flame of fire. And on his head were what? Many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. Verse 13. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called what? So who is this? Jesus. His name is called the word of God. Verse 14. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine lining, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and rod of almighty God. Verse 16. Can we read together? One to go. And on his thigh a name written. What is it? And what? He's king of all kings. He's lord of all laws. The last scripture in this one is Revelation chapter 20 verse 11. Then we'll look at the fifth. Revelation 20 verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it. From whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was no, there was found no place for them. Verse 12. And I saw the dead small and great standing before God. And books were opened. Another book was opened. Now, listen up. You will never be found here. That's why he said, the ones that already receive him will have no cause to come into judgment. Don't think we'll line up here that day. You can't be lining up here. I told you when you do something wrong, they put you where? In the cell. Nobody has right to put you in prison until your case is judged. Our dimension is in the rewards of our works. There's another trump for it. It's not this one. I see a lot of people. They say, I don't know if I die now, if I'll go to hell. How can you've passed from death to life if you are in him? And if you follow this, you, you cannot be fearing. It's a perfect love cast out what? You can't be in your conscience and your death already. You can't be coming and wondering, will they push me out? I will know still. We die. Who knows? Oh. Do you want me to show it to you again? Look at John 5 verse 24. Look at it again. This judgment now is just to now finally tell them why they are not going in. I need a hearing. Explain to me. You can't be there. John 5 24. Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has what? Everlasting life and shall not come into what? But has passed from death into what? So whenever you see somebody say he died and went to heaven and saw lying. And they'll come. They check. Okay, enter. Don't enter. The person is illusion. There's nothing like that line. <laughs> Let's go back. 
let's go back to where we started. You know, where we stopped. That says Revelation 20 verse what now? Verse 12. That one is just to, finally just, because you have to go to court. Can't just throw somebody into prison. It has to be in cell. You have to judge before you now throw the person. That's what they are doing here. Revelation 11. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And that book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. The dead and heads delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his what? Works. Verse 14. The, then dead and heads were cast into the lake of fire. This what? The second death. Go on. And anyone not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Don't, go on. Now I saw what? New heavens and new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had done what? Passed away. So, Bible says, the ones that have already escaped that first resurrection, they have no fear for judgment. These ones now, they are only called up to come and be judged. Our king is returning. He is the judge of the earth. He was only glorified and brought into that state. So, if I am in him, I shouldn't fear. I cannot be condemned. Remember Matthew 2. He that is in him shall not be what? Condemned. Except the ones that are not in him. That doesn't believe in him. And you know what it is that you are in him. You have the nature of what? Righteousness. It's once a while that we hear if any. Then if you sin there's an advocate. It's not your nature. It's not your nature. The fifth is the one that gives me so much joy. This fifth is why we on earth, we are laboring. We are laboring. Whenever you see a believer that has this revelation, he labors. He labors with all his heart. He labors with all his soul. He labors. <laughs> An eternal glorious kingdom that has been conferred on him so that him and all with him can reign forever. A glorious kingdom has been conferred on him so that him and every other person in him can reign forever. Luke chapter 22 verse 28. He is not only coming to judge the earth, he is coming to reign. In the new heavens and in the new earth. The man. God has always looked forward to a man. And even in eternal future, you will not be angel. He did not commit that word to come to who? Angels. If you ever become angel, you will not rule. He committed it to who? Men. Even the word to come. Have you read it before in Hebrews? Now look at Luke chapter 22 verse 28. Masayaka. Anytime you want to talk to God, have confidence. Say, so I don't know if he will answer. It's because you don't know you have a high priest. Have faith. I don't know if you will hear. Ah, this thing I did. Well, will I have to fast, 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 fast? No. You see, when you commit sin and you are fasting in repentance, it's why so you can deal with appetite. You can deal with something so you don't sin again. You don't fast so God can forgive you your sin. You are dealing with yourself. You are humbling yourself. You say, God, oh, 
let this appetite die. When you finish all that fasting, it's still the blood and your mediator that will free you. Not that fasting. Why a lot of people also continue in sin is that they no longer feel sin. They just do something. They say the blood has forgiven me ahead of time. So they tell Jesus, because I'm about to do this ahead of time. You know you have forgiven me. <laughs> I'm about, I know the blood is already. You are in that state. You've lost a broken and a contrite heart. That's how people finally depart. They don't even know an evil heart now has taken over. So all those crying, all those crying, oh God, forgive me. Get a glorious church, watch my name. All those repenting, feeling sorrowful. It's so that your soul will know I shouldn't do this thing again. It's not what makes God to forgive you. What makes God to still forgive you is the blood and the advocate. Whether you preach to someone and he's crying or he's not crying, he's laughing for salvation, both of them will be forgiven. Don't say this person's own is not real, he's even laughing. Maybe he saw the revelation that he's saved from sin and he's laughing. Don't think the one that is crying is his cry that is now making Jesus not to cleanse him. It's the blood he's seeing believing. <coughs> Luke 22 verse 28. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials. And I bestow upon you a kingdom. Just as my father bestowed one upon me. Now look at verse 30. The kingdom is talking about here. Yeah, it's not reigning in this earth. Uh, this one we are doing. The kingdom is talking about is that there is a kingdom to come that you may eat and drink. Did, was there any time that Peter ruled over any tribe? Was there any time that uh, what's their name? You know, you know, uh, what's the name of those apostles? Mark or John ruled over any tribe. Show it now. That you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. When he was on earth, that kingdom has not been conferred. Has not been given to him. He needed to rise to get it. He was slain to receive. It was in prophecy. And sit on thrones. Judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So the honor of the twelve apostles is that they will judge the twelve tribes. Just keep talking about parables of a man that went to receive a kingdom and to return. To receive a kingdom and to return. That's what he meant. He rose from the dead. Went with the blood. Received the kingdom. He will return. Then what you did with your talent. What you did with your money. What you did will decide the dimension of reigning with him. We won't reign the same level. I'll show it to you again where another man spoke of it. Second Timothy chapter 2. Should we read from verse 11 and 12? 2 Timothy chapter 2, 11. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. Look at verse 12. Can you read the one to go? Some translation, if we suffer with him, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. So there are things called suffering with him. Paul said, I feel up in my body that which is lacking the suffering of Christ. 
You have money. You want to use and do something. Now you sacrifice it for the gospel's sake. You already have something. You've planned that for your life. When I finish planning my life, it's still subject to his leading. Sons of God are led by the Spirit. So I always will say, if the Lord permits, if the Lord approves. Because planning is not left only for the Lord, unless you'll be useless on earth. You have to have your own plan too. Then you also have to listen to his plans. So even if you have planned out something and you are now trying to execute, he now intercepts, you just rearrange. Some of the times it's not so convenient. All those things make up the sufferings that will bring great ruling. And because we know Jesus is going to reign for sure and we are participating in that training, that's what makes it easy for sacrifice. So you see Revelation chapter 3, 21 to 22. Thank you, Jesus. Please show it. Revelation chapter 3, 21 to 22. Brethren, if you know this of Jesus, the way you relate with him and the way you walk with him will be totally different. To him who overcomes. Not the one that gives up. Say this suffering is too much. This challenge is too much. Every time they are, they are, they are. You know, it's just because you don't want things to work. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called what? Wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Look at verse 7. One, two, go. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be what? No end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it. And establish it with judgment and justice from time forward, even for what? Forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do what? Now look at Luke 1, 30 to 33. That's the last scripture. When he was born, the angel said, this is him. This is him. The same way he had to overcome, you will have to overcome. Some of you will weep for yourself. When you get to heaven and see the honor and glory reserved for you. It's like Judas. Judas from hell. Judas is in hell. All scripture showed it. We don't need to go there. He will now see that another man has taken his throne. And is ruling. You can come to heaven. You see the throne you would have been sitting on. And another, your neighbor, better neighbor. Because on earth you were so self-centered. You were so self-consumed. On earth you were... Oh, you said, please thank God I made it to heaven. But you will leave knowing that you didn't fulfill your assignment and your honor was not given to you fully. Show that scripture. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name what? Jesus, look at verse 32. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will do what? Give him the throne of his father David. Verse 33. Can we do together one to go? And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. If you read Revelation 20, 21, 
you get the fullness. He got this when he rose. He's in his glorified life. Bow down your heads. I have a man up there. I should be wondering when I'm making prayer, is God even listening? No, God is listening. I'm making prayers in the name of that man. I have a mediator up there. So I can save my siblings. I can save my neighbors. I can save my colleagues. He has saved me as a mediator. He is now my advocate. He pleads my case all the time. I won't bring confusion in the court. I will always speak his testimony. I overcame him by the words of my testimony. Which is the prophecy of Jesus Christ. The words of Jesus. And the blood of the Lamb. Please talk to him the next 30 seconds. Just go ahead and just say something to him. Go ahead and say something to him. It's been a journey. It's been a journey. We've been on a journey. Nina aloko bereno siveni akabaro siveni akabaya yelo no sanina aroko menia ato shati akabaya. Just talk to him. Menia alo seniaka. Let these teachings not just end in information. Oh God, let it become a walking revelation in me. Let it become a walking revelation. Moro komoro zine eloko batiaka. Let it become a walking revelation. Meniana eluzeno obatu satiaka. Jesus in prophecy. So there will be no doubt in my heart that this is the one. A zupelu super antaka. Jesus is walk on the earth. A zuliko peretu setiaka. And his glorified life. Lift your voice again as I receive ministry. To be edified. To be built up. Into the measure of the stature. Of the fullness of Christ. Lift your voice in the name of Jesus Christ. I receive ministry of the world. I receive ministry of the pastor over me. I receive the ministry of Jesus. That I may grow up into the headship. Lift up your voice and say, My Father, my God, that the upgraded version of me may be revealed as I step into 2024. May Christ be revealed in me in another level. May the Son in me be revealed in another level. That my light will shine brighter and brighter and brighter. Next level glory in 2024. Let the 
Zuretiaka, Zomatene Zuretia Abata, Yele Lo Sobete, that I may glorify you as never before. In the new year I'm stepping into, in my marriage, in my family, in my business, in my career, in ministry, in my health on every side. Sila Abarosiete, Ezokile Beretu Satiaka, Somenele Kobaratu Satiaka Bahaya. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you were blessed. Don't be left out in this last move of God in the nations of the earth. For more of this audio messaging, please click on the download link on our Facebook page at Kingdom Diplomat Angel or join us on Instagram, K Diplomat.